Hey guys, Bear Grylls here, just to say, super excited for Charles Thorpe's podcast coming soon. You guys are going to love this. What a great guy he is and so many great stories. So enjoy these and remember, above all, never give up. Now, I personally believe that there's nothing better than a great adventure, whether it's to another country or into the backyard. It can have an amazing ability to change not just the way that we see the world, but also the way that we see ourselves. That is exactly what you're going to hear about from our incredible guests. On Great Adventures, I'm going to be hanging out with actors, athletes, thought leaders, and of course explorers, some old friends, and some new, to discuss how being adventurous benefited their lives. My name is Charles Thorpe. For over a decade, I've been chasing down epic stories professionally from magazines and television shows, and now I'm bringing those conversations here. Jeffrey Donovan has had a long and prolific career in Hollywood. His free time is spent back home with his family in the quiet of Colorado. This guy is just as cool, if not cooler, than his characters on Burn Otis and the Sicario franchise. It was great to catch up with him during his trip to New York to promote his latest project, Villains. Check out the conversation. So good to have you on, Jeffrey Donovan. How are you feeling today, man? <laughs> I'm good. I ju- literally just landed. Yeah, I like three hours ago. Wow. So, so you look just, good for yeah. it, man. Oh, you always shoot. look oh, good, please. dude. No, man. Honestly, please. honestly, oh. you keep. Is it is it the Colorado air? Do you think that's helping that you're out <laughs> living out in Colorado? Yeah, I mean it's cleaner. I mean it's cleaner than you know the left and right coast. But um, yeah, I mean. You know, it's it's an amazing Colorado. By the way, just it just people don't know is Colorado has the most per capita playground parks of any state, which is just such an odd thing to say. Yeah, but like, oh, there's another playground nicely built for kids. Oh, it's only a mile later. There's like for some reason Colorado has the more has the most. Uh, Playground parks. Is of, that why you decided of, to set up shop? No, there no. The, my wife is ones? from there, oh, okay, and, that and makes sense. Uh, she said, "You know, can we raise our kids if we ever have them in Colorado?" And I said, "Wherever you go, I will go. Oh, I don't, beautiful. I don't care." Um, you know, I, I met the the woman of my dreams, so I'm just blessed that my my kids are being raised by not only her but in a really just a, a, an incredible state. Are you guys able to get out into the into the woods much, or go? on any hikes or what do you guys do as a family or is it just hitting those parks yeah no we actually we're very lucky we live next to a thing called the highline canal which is a 70 mile i might not be accurate about the mileage maybe People five or ten miles yeah. yeah 70 mile like highline trail highline canal and it's 70 miles of state protected semi-bordering communities and wetlands and it's just a trail, hard-packed sand, gravel, dirt, and it goes for 70 miles from north of Denver all the way down to almost almost Colorado Springs, like that wow. far down. And it's just along this path, and you could ride a horse on a bike, um, you can run, which my wife does a lot. I bike a lot, so yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. So we're we're out there a lot. Nice. Do you ride horses? Uh, I know how to ride. We've taken the kids riding. Um, they've all been on a horse. Uh, we like to go out to a place 
in um, in uh, just north of like Breckenridge up in the mountains, a place called Devil's Thumb Ranch, which I highly recommend. Um, it's really casual, uh, rustic. You get these cabins and then you kind of like, like rent horse guided rides and stuff like that. We take them out. But um, no, my kids, my kids actually are just like regular ones in soccer one was doing baseball you know it's they're they're just doing the normal kind of upbringing yeah no i mean getting on a horse every once in a while is nice so it's a different kind of perspective they're like huge recently. which yeah. people don't realize yeah, they're, they're massive. massive animals yeah and when you put a 20 pound kid on it oh you have to worry to a half sure. ton animal you're like <laughs> wow this is a little bit of a difference I want to get into and sort of start sequentially. We'll go go up to present day villains, which is your latest film, and we'll talk about that. But you actually met your wife on Burn Notice. I want to get into that a little bit. And what was it like working on Burn Notice and going to the locations of uh, you were shooting mostly in Miami? Miami all yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent of Miami Beach. Yeah, um, it was a big, big change. Yeah. Big change. I mean, I'm, I'm a small small town kid from northern Massachusetts and then I lived in New York which is you know big city and then I was in LA and then I got this and then all of a sudden I've never I had never been in Miami Beach for more than like two nights and there I am living there for seven years yeah it was a huge change it's really an international culture and it's a mixture of South America and Eastern Europe mm. Um, and then there are the kind of Floridian residents that have been there for, you know, two, three hundred years. It's a it's a it's quite a melting pot down there. Everyone goes there in the winter, the snowbirds or whatever it's called, because it's their summer. And but we were there in the summer. <laughs> so <laughs> a little bit warmer. 97 degrees with 98 percent. You're humidity. like, can we just do all ocean scenes this <laughs> yes, summer? It's exactly. like, well, what if my character is just in the ocean? 24/7? I remember the first year um, they, I was in this, you know, as it's, it's iconic now. But back then we didn't know the Challenger, the Dodge, oh, you know, yeah, the, Dodge, the, Do the black Dodge car that I was driving. And um, it had no air conditioner. Oh my god! You're like of the one for thing. The whole first season, oh I was god. like, "You guys realize that it's called burn notice, and I was burned, so I'm the guy, and I'm in this car that's 112 degrees." And like, oh, yeah, and they're man. like, "Oh yeah, maybe, maybe we should get an air conditioner." Season right two, I hope they upgraded you <laughs> they a little did. bit. They, yes, they actually built an air conditioner into it and retrofitted it. That's but, what happens you get on a hit series is you get the yeah, AC. So you, you get a ninety. You have to prove yourself and. And then they'll yes. back you for the you AC. $94 air conditioner set, set up. You know, I've only been down to Miami a few times myself, and it, I'm a bit of a fish out of water there, which I'm sure if you were a small town person, it sounds like you were yeah, having yeah, a similar experience. Did, were you able to find any havens there? Did you find any spots that you go? Did you, you know, get I was actually very fortunate to meet a guy from Brazil who was just literally just trying to make it in the world of like... Um, promoting and DJing and like knowing people and and he actually showed me kind of like the cooler not touristy not uber clubs where yeah, it's like no no Tiesto no it's more or, this like yeah. tiny 50 person clubs with like great music and so I went I went out with him a lot in the in the first year and of course all of those clubs are no longer of I mean, course you know, that was 10 years ago but you know I haven't been back since the last season which was what, 2014? Yeah. yeah. I haven't been there in five years. Wow. You you had your Phil Fern. You gave him a little hiatus, gave the gave Miami a little break. Yeah. I mean, I still have friends there. I of mean, course. like, I adore. And, in fact, my first season friends are still my longest friends. 
because it didn't hit. No yeah. one knew why we were there, and these are the friends I made. And they were like, oh, what kind of actor are you? That kind of a thing. <laughs> and it was great. It was great. Yeah. And so all those friends are still like my long, long-term long friends. Oh, that's awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about what was it like to, to wrap up there and what it felt like to get out of Miami and, and look to the next chapter? I'm sure it was, you know, at the same time exciting, but also a little sad, you know, to leave these friendships you had made? I don't know about sad. It was it was seven years of work. Listen, I'm not digging dirt and I'm not fighting for our country. It's not that kind of difficulty, but it was a mental difficulty that you did the same thing 15 hours a day, five days a week, played the same character, the same goals, you know, for uh, over almost 120 episodes in the blazing summer of Florida. And so it, it, it did wear on you. The friends I made, I still keep, but I think we were all not tired of it, but we were exhausted. And we were all ready to move on to our next, our next chapters. And I don't think any of, a, of us were afraid of the next chapter. I wasn't. Um, and I'm still friends with a lot of people from that era. It's funny, you know, you know, I was going on YouTube to see some of your latest interviews, that sort of thing. And our interview on Build Series popped up pretty, pretty high on that. The comments are just people asking for more burn notice, man. I mean, are you, do you get tired of that? Do you ever consider it? Bruce Campbell, I mean, we haven't talked too much about Bruce Campbell. Have One you of my, I've, I've been able to meet him. Have you invited him on? I haven't invited him on yet. Hopefully, hopefully he'll come on. That's an interview, on. by the way. He's that, that lived will a life. Your life. Oh, dude, he's lived. I've only like gleaned this, just the surface, <laughs> and I already know that there's universes there behind those eyes. Yeah, but I mean, he is just one of the coolest guys from an outsider perspective. Yeah, no, he is uh, actually an insider. He's a great, dude. I'll tell you a quick story about this. Is this is Bruce Campbell like to a T? So we're on the set. It's the first season, and the head of the studio, which is uh, FTVS Fox Television Studios, is a guy named David. Madden and he greenlit this wrote the check like you know yeah it's pretty he was pretty, behind it pretty big deal yeah and he's sitting with me in the cast chairs and mine says Jeffrey Donovan and next to me is Bruce Campbell's but he just happens to be sitting on that next to me and Bruce comes off and just goes hey buddy out <laughs> And David, much to, just just a great guy, just goes, I'm so sorry, and stands up and he goes, I'm just going to go craft service and whatever. And so I go, Bruce, do you know who that was? He goes, I have no idea. And I go, that was David Madden, the head of the studio. And without missing a beat, he goes, well, then you should know better. And that's what I was just like. Oh, I love you, Bruce. God, I, yes. He does not suffer fools. Yes. He does not pretend to yeah. be someone. Yeah. You know, what we said off air, he does not present yeah. a self that is greater or lesser than who he is. He, he presents him. An authentic self. Always. Yeah. There is no fluctuation. Yeah. Which I cannot say to my, for myself. He just stays steady Eddie. And, uh, yeah. and what you get in here, you might think as a show, it's <laughs> him. Always. Uh, I love that. So, I mean, uh, we say all that just to be like, you know, when people do ask you, are you ever like, oh yeah, maybe I'd do a little bit more to, to you know, get there, together there's that been, You know, if 
if you asked me that day two of rap, I'd be like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you dropped but, it. But, but now, you know, what is it, five years later? Yeah. Um, I actually am, I would be excited to do like a Burn Notice movie, you yeah. know, and, and, and figure out what happened to Michael and Fiona and to Sam and, and, and what, where are they now, you know, because I think everyone who watched the show at least knows that, you know, we, we escaped and hid in Ireland and, you know, we raised my brother's son to, as our own. And, um, you know, I, I'd be interested to catch up with them in their not they're not retired, but going into kind of like that retirement, like who are these people? That was interesting to me. And I've I've spoken to Matt Nix about it and he likes the idea. I've talked to Bruce. He loves the idea. So there is there is talk of it, um, but it would really it would really have to come from Matt who created the show, who would write the movie, who would say, hey, I'm behind this. You know, me just being one of the actors really doesn't really sway anybody. <laughs> it doesn't. Our first partner in this is Hannah One, breakthrough nutrition supplements with Ayurvedic and Bhutanese medicine. I was first introduced to them a while back by climbing photographer extraordinaire Jimmy Chin. He handed me one of their go packs during a hang and I've been hooked ever since. They're always in my backpack, whether I'm hiking or just running around the city. Now they're offering our crew a special deal if you go to hanalife.com backslash adventure. That's H-A-N-A-H life.com backslash adventure. There's a couple movies that you know I'm a super fan of, Sicario and Sicario 2. And your scenes are just some of the most fun, the best scenes of a movie. They cut up that intense violence. I just want to know a little bit more about those shoots and what it was like going to that first location shoot for Sicario 1 and, and how you guys felt there and working with Josh and, and, and everybody. And, well, you know, here's the, here's the you know, because it's a podcast, we can actually talk about this and then you can edit it later uh, <laughs> uh, for time they're like they'll fall asleep at this point definitely not. um so i wanted to work with great filmmakers and you know i was really lucky in the seven years of burn notice i actually got to work with clean eastwood on changeling and i was like i was like i'm done i don't want to do any more of these crazy like money jobs i don't want to do anything that's bad i want to you know but for for many reasons, it's really hard yeah. <laughs> to work with the top A-list directors in the world. It's just really freaking hard because there's so many talented people. So I just said, you know, my agency sent me Sicario and they said, there's all the great roles are taken, but we want you to work with Denny and I know you want to work with Denny. And it's Roger Deakins shooting it. And it's Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, and Josh Brolin. Like, I was like, yeah. I was like, I'll sweep a broom behind them during a scene. <laughs> so there was this tiny little role. Um, and it only had one scene. And I auditioned for it. And I did not know this. But it got back to me that Denia actually had seen me in Changeling. And knew who I was and oddly was a fan and said oh Jeff can't play the one scene role I want to give him something bigger I want to work with him too 
So he said, you know, there's this character named Steve Forcing. He only has two scenes, but there's a there's another scene that says DEA agent. We'll just combine that. So it would be three scenes. Would he like to do it? I was like, I'll do it for free. I don't care. So I flew down there and where is this again? This, this is, is Albuquerque. This is Albuquerque. Albuquerque yes, yes. On an and and we were actually on uh, a kind of like landing strip, like an not an abandoned but a semi-used airplane uh, area, and. It was, it was the scene where the team, Emily, Benicio, and Josh, come off of the private jet and they meet Steve Forcing for the first time. And all that the scene was was, hey, Matt, and Matt, Josh Brolin, just waved. And then the next thing is we're in the SUV driving. That was it. That was on the screen. And so I got on set... And Denny said, the cast is in the jet. We're gonna yell action, it's a big master, don't worry about it, but they're gonna come out, they'll come in, and then I'll introduce you afterwards. I said, okay. So I'm sitting in my SUV, and I thought, I'm with Denny Villeneuve, Roger Deakins, one of the best scripts I've ever read and about to walk into my world is Emily, Josh, and Benicio. I'm not just going to say, hi, Matt. It just, it would just kill me if it was the bottom of the ninth with bases loaded and I tried to bunt. (laughs) I was like, I'm not bunting. I can't bunt. I'm going to swing for the fences. So I... They yelled, action, I got out. Josh comes off and he goes, I go, hey Matt. He goes, how you doing? Which was not in the script. And I said, not good. He goes, why? This is now literally a live SNL skit live ad lib. I go, well, when I pee, it burns. And he goes, oh, that sounds bad. He goes, you should go see a doctor. And I was like, I have. And he said, well, what color is your pee? And I said, it's yellow with red specks. And he goes, red specks, that's blood. <laughs> and I was, he's like, you got to get that checked out. And I said, oh, you're telling me. We close the SUV doors. You hear cut. And the whole SUV just erupts in laughter. And Denis runs across the tarmac, and I went, oh, no. No. I'm fired. You thought you can get yelled oh, at? I'm, no, I'm, I'm like, get off my fucking set. And he opens the door, and he goes, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> and that was my initiation into Sicario, and he took me aside, and he said, whatever you did, whatever that instinct was, whatever that thing, this film for your role is needed, keep doing it. And I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, like it, it blew my mind that I took this huge swing for the fences risk, which I'm serious, I could have been, it could have been like, don't do that ever again, or get off my side. I mean, it yeah. could have gone so south. Yeah. And I have to give Josh just such an enormous amount of credit. And I mean, I know Michael Kelly on your said talked such great things about it. They're all true. Right. He was so generous. 
I don't think he even knew when he said, how are you doing? that I was going to go in it, but that he kept going. He didn't have to. He'd be like, he could be like, hey, dude, that's not the line. You know, like he could have done so many things. Right. But he rolled with it. And I, I'm in Soldado because of that moment. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it like absolutely how, does. Like, serendipitous it all was, but it all came off of a risk. And it was the right place in the right time with the right people. Exactly like you're saying it. Yeah. I mean, I think those authentic moments that happen within the bubble that is that scene is so cherished and it does play so well. I mean, I remember that scene vividly. And then your scenes in Soldado, which obviously then you have a character, it's getting a bit written for you. It's sort of, they know the tone of what's going to happen. What was it like returning? And that part of the shoot was that in Mexico City? So, or so, so we did Albuquerque and Mexico City both times. Both times, yeah. When we were in Mexico, we were in Mexico City both times. And, you know, what was interesting about that was Stefano Salima, who amazing Gamora, the director of yes, yeah, and directed Soldado. He, his first language is Italian, of course. And then his, he, he spoke fluent English, understood fluent English, but had one of the thickest Italian accents I've <laughs> ever heard. It's almost like John Cleese was playing him. You know, it's like, hey, Jeffrey, how are you doing today? It's like, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating because everyone who imitates him sounds just like him. So, so what was difficult about that was Taylor Sheridan wrote, a, like, again, for Steve Forcing to be in Soldano, and it was such a great role, and I was so lucky because it was just me, Josh, and Benny that got brought back and I was just like oh my god I can't believe it the problem was Stefano didn't understand American sarcasm and so what would happen and I don't even know what you could uh, whoever's fluent in Italian you could tell me what the word for sarcasm is but if you and I are enemies you and me we right. don't like each other and I go well, how you doing my friend Right. You know immediately that I am... You're saying fuck you. I'm saying fuck you. Yeah. I'm screwing with you. You're not my friend. Yeah. But in the movie, we would do a take, and I would say, how you doing, my friend? And he would say, God, uh, why? <laughs> why you say your friend? He's not your friend. He's uh, your enemy. <laughs> You don't like him. And I said, yeah, I know. That's why I called him my friend. Exactly. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> and I was like, because he's my enemy, I'm calling him my friend. No, stupid. <laughs> stupid. And I was like, just trust me, whatever. Anyway, so when we saw the director's cut, it had none of yeah, my ad libs, yeah. and much to Black Label Media, which is Molly Smith, Trent, and Thad Luckenbill, who great who, crew, you know, who knew why I was getting. They, they wanted me in the second one. They were like, "Don't worry." And then we talked to him, and they're like, "Put just all his little <laughs> thing." And they did, and they kind of whittled it down, and they put it back in. And they were like, "Okay, now it's back in." And then I saw that version, I was like, "Oh wow." That's that's why I was so hired. Much better. Was not, not I wouldn't say better, but I was. Is why I was hired. Like they could have been. They could have saved a lot of money if they just hired a you know Joe Schmo. Like you know, but but DA agent you know, number two. Yeah, right, yeah. number two, right. But but I was I was just like it's amazing 
It's amazing in the edit, it, your performance could just, just disappear. And, and I was so grateful that they put all my little kind of ad libs back. Well, the audience is grateful, too, because I remember being at the premiere of that here in New York City and the laughs for your lines were just the biggest thing. I also wanted to get into shooting in Mexico City. Obviously, those setups, the scenes are just so epic. Everybody remembers the drives, the SUV work. What is it like coming into a city like that? And what is it like to be a part of a sequence like that? Uh, you know, they're they're all really well planned out, and and you know this in the, in the industry is that they pre production this stuff to you know the nth degree. So everything is thought of before you show up as talent, and you feel very safe and everything is great. And then there's always those kind of like weird things that happen. But I don't know. I mean, I, I've shot in Bogota, um, and I never felt unsafe, even though everyone said it's unsafe and then I shot in Mexico City and everyone said it's really unsafe and I never felt unsafe it's it's just amazing what comes out in news but um, the Mexicans and the, in Mexico City couldn't have been more gracious friendly the food is amazing the art and the culture no one says that about Mexico is amazing mm-hmm. like it it was I, I kept telling my wife, like, she was scared for me. I was like, you don't have to. It's it's beautiful. They have one of the most amazing museums in Mexico City. And my Spanish is not good, but it's called, like, the Anthropologica of Mexico. I know like, the museum you're talking about. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It, it chronicles all of the Mayan and Aztec histories that date back a thousand years and how they invented all of this stuff. And it's, it's uh, I would go there. If someone said, we're shooting in Mexico City, I'd go, I'm, I'm there. Mm. in a heartbeat yeah it's like the beginning of civilization you get to yeah. see the, the relics of that almost. yeah yeah and we went uh, I remember on one trip I think it was the first one yeah because Emily was there me Benny and Emily all went up the the ruins and the, uh, the, wow. the Aztec uh, pyramids and uh, it was it was incredible Incredible. That's surreal. I want to get into your, your latest venture now with Villains, which is out in theaters. What attracted you to it? My agency had sent me the script and said, we don't know how you respond to this, but this is a bonkers script that two of our clients are already in. And that was Michael Monroe and Bill Skarsgård. And they're talking to Kira Sedgwick about your wife. And I I was like, well, you had me at hello. Like, that's Mm -hmm. such an incredible cast already. And I read the script. And I was just saying this to someone at dinner. I said, normal scripts you read and go, I've seen it. It's good. I've seen it. Not so good. Oh, I've I've kind of seen that. It's not great. I've kind of seen this. It's better than like you 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 have a familiarity with it. This I read. I went. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is not on the screen. It hasn't been. It's bonkers, nuts. And if they can pull it off, mm. it would be such a great ride. Mm. But. Like my baseball analogy, it's swinging for the fences. It, there is no bunt. There's not even like a ground rule double on this. It's either a home run or it's not. And I remember Skyping with the directors, Bobby and Dan, and I said, you know, you know what you have on your hands, right? They're like, we think so. And I was like, no, what you have is something that's impossible to do. This is impossible. You're bringing a farce and farce is still believable, but it's farce 
to a a genre mix of horror, thriller, and home invasion. No one's done that. And you know you're going to get killed if it doesn't work. And they're like, yep, that's what we're trying to do. And I was like, then I'm in. I'm in. Because I'm not, I don't want to do anything that's like, we've seen it before. Yeah. And I know, and I think if you look through my career, I don't no do bunts. things that, no, there's no bunts. Swinging for the so, fences. Yeah. And I, I was like, I might as well either be great or suck. I don't uh, want to be like, it. he's fine. <laughs> he's okay. Yeah. No, Donovan again. Like, I just don't want that. I Nails want... it every time. No, no, no. Uh, or, yeah. or just like, he's fine. Right, right, right. The worst compliment you can get is they have nothing to say about you. Right. <laughs> nothing bad, nothing good. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Either you're hated or, or you're praised. Like, like, that's what I shoot for. So um, I remember in rehearsing with Bill and Micah and Kira and... And we, we started working with the director and we started, we, we saw that they were amicable about, let's push it this way. Let's pull it back here. Let's enrich this. Let's, could I say this? And she reacts this way and then creating the history. And then all of a sudden we're on set and it just all kind of just blossomed in front of us. And um, not to say that it was seamless and easy. It wasn't. But in the end. It was a ride that we all are just so proud of because, and I think you can see from the reactions, it's it's bonkers in, in the best way. In the yeah. best way. Uh, that's a great. That's a great tagline right there. I think that should be on the poster. Bonkers in the best way. Such a great cast. Where'd you guys shoot that? Where'd you? We guys... shot it up in uh, upstate New York. In, oh really? Uh, Nyack. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a beautiful. I think maybe I might know the house that you guys shot in. Really? Yeah. And like, but we we just stayed off, and it's funny because it's it's really close to the city. Yeah, it's and, like forty five uh, minutes. Yeah, I would and it was say. great. We we were there in one house, the location for four weeks, five weeks, and we also um, they rented a house across the street for us to all have our production in. So there was hair, makeup, wardrobe. And there was all four of us just so in great. the, and, and, and the young girl, uh, Blake, we were all in that, all five living of us. Living together. Living together daily. And then we'd all go back to the hotel and just go to sleep. And well, that's good. So they didn't make you sleep in the actual house that you guys no, shot in. it wasn't the be... cast of Fury. We were on the set of a tank. <laughs> Yeah, there's no there's no need for any We're of that. We're not peeing in a tank. <laughs> you have so much going on and you've been to so many great places. I, I've only scratched the surface of your career and I know you've been to, I mean, you mentioned Bogota. Where would you say is, you know, maybe you've already talked about, but where would you say you've been to because of a job or, or even not because of a job that's really impacted you? You know, I... I never thought I would praise a city um, called Budapest, but it's a remarkable city. Mm. Uh, I shot a movie there about 10 years ago, and I, uh, no, no, sorry, seven years ago, and I was there with my wife and child, and we thought, okay, what are we to get into? And it was one of the best, as far as the city, one of the best experiences we ever had with the you know, with the architecture and the culture that dated, you know, predates mm. our country. Like, it was just a remarkable, remarkable city that people don't go, oh, I, you know, they yeah. go, I'm going to go to Paris. I'm going right. to go to Venice. I'm going to go to London. It's like, check out Budapest. Staples, it's yeah. unbelievable. Really? Um, the museums they have, the food there is 
stellar. You convinced stellar. me. Stellar. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a, just really peculiar. There's a place called Bach Bistro, and Bach B O C K is a wine maker. And Budapest has, or Hungary, I guess, would say they, they, they. Um, I wouldn't say that they have an exclusive right to wine in restaurants, but they have a, 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 a kind of a monopoly mm. that they serve predominantly Budapest wine. That's nice. Or yeah. Hungarian wine. And it's actually delicious. It's incredible. And so my wife and I would partake in that almost every night. So. That sounds pretty good. Um, but it was a made Bach Bistro and Bach Wines. There like you that's, go. That's a... That's a, a TripAdvisor. Check it out. It's it's an amazing city. Um, the opera there, the theater there. It's uh, uh, that 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 had a big impact on changing my, um, I guess my stereotypes of certain cities. Yeah. Um, not that I stereotype Budapest, but I wouldn't think of it, which is a stereotype in itself. Absolutely. No, well said. Maybe I led you down a, a path here, but I have two questions that I, I wrap this thing up with. And the first one is always, uh, if I handed you a plane ticket right now, where would you go and what would you do? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. I, if you handed me a plane ticket, I would probably... Because my family, my wife and children, have not been there. I'm my my ancestry is from Ireland. I've been there, and I would I would take my family to the southern and southwest coasts of Ireland, mm. um, down to uh, Kinsale, County Cork, uh, and Mayo, all along the south and southwest coast of uh, of Ireland. It's it's. It's nothing but just pastures and no industry, and it's beautiful. Um, that's probably where I would go. That's on my list, so you've just pointed me in that direction as well. Well played. The last question is, if I asked you what your favorite sunset was or where you saw your favorite sunset, if you can think of one, what pops into your head? Well, I will, I will extend that slightly into a sunset into a moon rising is where when is off the coast of Nantucket when I asked my wife to marry me and I put out a blanket I had cooked uh, food and um, I asked her to marry me and she said yes and I actually set up a camera with a tripod and I took a picture of us with the moon across the Atlantic and it's on our in our on our mantle in our fireplace mantle in our home and that's that I'll always remember that that the sun set and then the moon came up and it was like it was like the end of an era of who I was as a bachelor and then the beginning of, you know, the twilight, the best parts of my life with her. That's beautiful. I'll allow it. I'll, I'll allow you to adapt it. I see his face. He's like, I, it ran a little long. No, man, Jeffrey, thanks so much for being on, man. Congratulations on all the work and villains lately. Thank and you. I can't wait to the next thing. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening, guys. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe and leave a quick review on iTunes. Suggest it to a friend who could use a little travel inspiration. If you have a travel question or suggestion on someone I should chat with, just hit me up on my social channels at Charles Thorpe and at Adventure Podcast. New episodes will be dropping every Friday, so keep checking in for the next. Until then, safe travels.
These conversations were recorded at Smile Radio, located in Smile to Go at the Freehand Hotel.